Well, good evening, my Hi dear there. friend, M- Matthias. <laughs> Can I just tell you that? Good evening, John. Some Can of I my just f- tell you that it's actually only evening there, but go ahead. It's evening by you, too. It's probably well, it's still not. light by you. It's not light here, but... Um, okay, that's true. I want to tell you, uh, some of the people around me that actually listen to the show, they, like, can't get your name right. <laughs> They're like, your friend, um, Matthias, um, Methuselah. I was like, Mathis? That's it. You know, I'm having the same problem with you. They're like, is it Joan? I'm like, no, it's John. It's Joan. I get mistaken for Joan all the time. Yeah, sometimes I say June, and I'm like, it's not June, it's an O. I don't know how they got that confused. I know. I know, my name's very confusing. Yeah, probably more confusing than mine, if we're honest. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) But anyways, um, this week I thought of the, of, I would say, our shining moment in our friendship. um, And probably the greatest memory that I have of you. The greatest memory that I have of you. (laughs) Because I I definitely know what you're going to (laughs) say. I'm sure you do. Because here's the thing about Mathis. Mathis does not pity laugh i mean now i feel like it you you've come a long way since i met you but when i first met you oh for sure yeah. you did not pity laugh me whatsoever and people pity laugh me all the time um mm-hmm. but i think that was the one thing that pr- probably drew me closer to you was the fact that i felt like you were more <laughs> genuine because you didn't pity laugh me i would tell you a joke and you just stand there and look at me and be like uh, that wasn't funny and i'd be like what <laughs> did you not hear me um, so, and then this happened, this great story. Okay. So, <laughs> and then this happened. <laughs> um, so it was a chapel day at our, our college. Um, since we did go to a, a Christian college, we had, we had to go to 30 chapels a month and I feel like I'm going to be a tour guide here, but, um, you know, there were like 70 <laughs> a month and we could choose 30. We didn't have to go to all of them, but we had to go to 30. Um, and this was a chapel day. And I'm not sure what your night looked like, Mathis, because I'm sure that played a role in this. But I remember it I had... Did, yeah. I had... Um, for some reason, I had these two bags of party poppers. So those things where you pull the, the little string and then confetti pops out and it makes a popping noise. And I don't know what it was. We were waiting on you to go to chapel. Um, and I remember I was like... Guys, I'm going to get a party popper. And the moment he walks out the door, I'm just going to pop it in his face. Um, So I grabbed the party popper. We were waiting. And then you came out looking kind of like a zombie. And I was like, good morning. And I wish I could describe the look on your face. But the only way I can describe it is pure disdain. You were like... You you literally had zero, zero zero shits to give. That's how I would describe it. You were just like, no. Yeah, you, that's that's it, pretty accurate. It was the best, and I, I'm pretty sure I brought it up <laughs> every week for the rest of our college for career. For a long time, just of how funny yeah. it was. And I was like, well, it's. <laughs> Go ahead. I didn't have anything to say. Oh, okay. It's it's such a good story for anybody who doesn't know us or they don't know yeah. us as like a duo. It's like 
this is a really funny story about us being friends. And it really it symbolizes a lot of moments by being... Uh-huh. It's just the biggest moment that it ever happened where... Oh I mean, it's it's actually funny. It is funny. I must it is have been funny. I hope, I, hope, mood. I hope people can actually like picture it in their head but picture someone very giddy and excited for the day and then someone who's like get away from me and i just popped confetti in his face it was great i do i remember like an hour after it happened i was like you know in retrospect i think i'm a dick that was actually really (laughs) funny and i was just really mean you weren't mean about it it. you just didn't didn't smile disdain is kind of a mean word I mean, that's the look you gave me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. That's the face I was blessed with. Yeah, I know. I know. I accept you. I accept you. <laughs> but I thought of that this week, and I thought it would be funny to um, share. Yeah, that's that's such a good one. It's, yeah, it's the best. Um, so how was your week? Uh, my week was okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. How was yours? I'll tell you what. I got a really crazy story. Oh. Oh, Okay. So, um, city city inspection was coming to our apartment. Um, Mm -hmm. Like they were coming to our complex to like approve everything. So our landlord came through our our apartment and uh, pointed out like all the things that needed to be fixed before city inspection showed up. So it's like, okay, now's the real deal. We actually have to fix all of these problems. So it's like, oh, we got to replace the smoke detectors. Oh, we got to seal the cracks in the wall. Um, And then one of the bigger things, like probably the biggest thing, was that the enamel had started to peel out of the bottom of our kitchen sink and out of our bathtub. So she came through, and she was like, okay, we're going to get those reglazed for you. They're going to look really nice for whenever the uh, city inspection comes in. And we were like, oh, sweet, that's awesome. I can't wait for them to look great. And she's like, the only thing is you can't use it for a day. And we were like, oh. okay, that we can make that work. It's a sacrifice, <laughs> but it's going to be fine. We're like, we still got, like, the bathroom sink. So, you can always use the toilet, you know? Right. Continue. They say that the safest water... The safest water to drink in like a survival post-apocalyptic setting is the water in the back of the toilet. No way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, you you should fact check me, or I should fact check me, but <laughs> I definitely heard it. Um, so <laughs> I heard it some way. We find out a few days. I heard it. Yeah. I f- I found out a few days later, or we found out, me and my roommate, that. Um, oh, just kidding. It's going to take two days for the, the glaze to dry. And we were like, oh, okay, two days is two days is a little bit harder. But, I mean, it's still going to be worth it. It's going to look great. So they, they come here while I'm at work. So mm-hmm. it's on Monday. And I, you know, I work, I come home, and I walk in, and it looks like a meth lab in our <clears throat> apartment. Like, the whole thing has just been transformed into, like, tubes running like to get the the like venting the um the chemicals out you know like so there's tubes like running all into the windows and into like the bathroom and there's fans everywhere and there's like like chemicals just set up like on our counters and they're like the guys Wait, doing it are like, wearing the masks and like what just, happened like, in there but that they were this is the glazing process this is what it looks like it's just such a strong like um strong smell that like 
all of those tubes are in there. But, like, the whole place just looked transformed like, into, like, this chaotic may, Breaking Bad scenario. Yeah, maybe that's just, like, their cover-up. Maybe they act like they're exactly. really doing glazing, but they're really <laughs> just making meth. So what you're trying to tell me is that two guys came into my apartment and made meth in my bathtub? Uh, yeah. Because that's where I would make wow. meth. In your bathtub. That's... In my bathtub. You know, it's a <laughs> yeah. good one for that kind of a thing. That's what I so, hear on all the forums. So I walk in, and I see this happening, and I'm like, nope. And I grab my laptop, and I walk to Starbucks. I was like, I'm yeah. not. Like, so I ain't I dying tonight. Back. Goodbye, <laughs> exactly. Satan. You know, I came back, though, uh, after they had left, and the aromas were still so strong. Like, could have died. <laughs> Like see, I don't have all the windows open. It was that, crazy. Um, that's one of the oh, I'm what? sorry. That's one of those things. Like whenever, like when I'm buying coffee filters, I promise this will connect. This will connect. But like when I'm buying coffee filters, they have the bleached kind and the unbleached kind. To me, I'm like, why do we need a bleached kind? Oh, I know. And so it's kind of like, why do we need such harsh chemicals? to put into our house why can't there be something that won't kill us that we can use and why haven't we found that out you know right. what i mean something like, yeah i mean something like, that you're not going to get can, can we not mix together some like baking soda and some lemon juice or you know well, i don't I think don't. that's going to glaze the sink but i i know well, what you're Mathis, at. we never know until we try <laughs> well it's too late to try it now because our sinks look awesome Hey, I guess it works. It works, yeah. I just lost a few brain cells that night. Yeah, right? The best part, though, is that there's signs on them, and they say, do not touch for three days. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what? Wait, three days? So, three, yeah. So it went from one to three? It went from one to three real quick, buddy. Yikes. So are those three days yeah. over? Or? Yeah, well... It was a process that started Monday and ended Friday because after those things, after they glazed those, the landlord was like, oh, you know what? I want to glaze the, the bathroom one too. And we were like, and, wait. And then I want to the glaze your bed? going to come back in. Oh, God. And then, and then the couches. And then we're going to do the rugs. <laughs> uh, okay, that Great. didn't happen. But, but that's, a different, that's a different angle to go with it. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, so then those were dry, and they came back into the other one, and that took, you know, another three days to dry. So it was like, you know, Monday to Friday, everything was done. It was just, it was a very yikes. strange week. Yeah, it was so weird. That is weird. I had to brush my teeth in the kitchen a lot, then I had to shave in the tub, like, lots of You're like of a bear grills. Activities. I know, right? He's like, I'm, I'm just going to call you Bear from now on. morning without the tub. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how you survive. Yeah. It sounds like a cliffhanger of an episode. Yeah, I know. Me neither. Totally. Wow. And then, um, so that was, like, the more, not bad, just more chaotic part of uh -huh. my week. But uh, in the last episode, I mentioned that I had a friend coming to town, so... Yeah, she, which I think well, I actually cut friends. from the episode, so people might not know that. Oh, okay. I'll just go over it really quickly. I had 
So I had a friend just move here last week, uh, and she lives really close by, and then uh, another friend came out here just to visit her and to visit me for like a week, and that was a lot of fun. That was the not chaotic side of everything. Well, it's good you had, you know, chaotic and then something more relaxing. <laughs> exactly. They came back to to our apartment like twice, and the first time they were like, what, what's, what's up with the sink? It's like, yeah, don't touch that. What's with the meth? <laughs> yeah, why is there meth in the sink? You're like, we live in L.A. It's what we do. What do you want from me? Right, got to make a living. We can't all be Elvis <laughs> on the sidewalk. Anyways. So there's plenty of them. I know, right? Um, you had some cultural things you wanted to talk about? Yeah, a little bit. Um, do you want to go to the Oscars? Let's go to the Oscars first. Oh, I kind of forgot we did that. Yeah, let's do it. We're like um, one so, episode in, and you already forgot. I know, and like I already forgot. Our only segments. I know. <laughs> um, so for our listeners, up until the Oscars, which are in three weeks, three weeks from tonight, actually, um, we are going to go through some of the main topics uh, or the main categories and kind of say who we think's going to win, who we want to win, and if there is someone that we think should be in the category and is not, talk about that as well. Because the Oscars is our Super Bowl, which, speaking of Super Bowl, it's on right now. It, it is currently on. And I I wish I cared. Um, but the Oscars is John. our Super Bowl. Yeah. People with the Super Bowl is like a party popper in my face on a bad morning. That's <laughs> my response, honestly. I honestly, like, I turned it on. And I'm like, no. I turned it on to watch it because I wanted to be manly. And after like 10 seconds, I was like, oh, I think you. I'd rather watch uh, American Idol. So put American Idol on. I, <laughs> I, I watched the Super Bowl last year and... Uh-huh. It's the third time I ever watched the Super Bowl in my life. I mean, they're fun. I like it if there's an event, but when I'm by myself, I'm not going to choose to watch a three-and-a-half-hour oh, yeah. game that I wish I cared about. So <laughs> I don't wish you cared about it. Oh, bless you. Um, <laughs> what's the first category we're doing? Are we doing actress? Yeah, we're going to do best actress, and then we're going to do best original screenplay, right? Yes. Okay, so for um, actress in a leading role, we did supporting role last week, um, but in the leading role, there's Cate Blanchett for Carol, Brie Larson for Room, Jennifer Lawrence for Joy, Charlotte Rampling for 45 Years, and Sorce Ronan for Brooklyn. Ooh. Okay, you first or me first? Um, Why don't you go first? Okay, this one's pretty quick for me. Um, Who I think should get it and who I think will get it is the same as last week with the supporting actress. Mm -hmm. I think that, I think it's going to be Brie Larson. Like, I have no no doubts. Well, not no doubts about it, but I'm like 80% sure that Brie Larson's going to win. But um, the other other person I would be very okay winning is Sorsa Ronan. And Mm -hmm. it's because... For one, like, she's brilliant in uh, Brooklyn. Like, she's great. 
but also she kind of comes from that like that career of like this is a long time coming the same way that brie larson is like brie larson's been in the movie biz for a really long time trying to get that uh Mm -hmm. trying to get to like that level with something that she's done right uh and sorcerer ronan is both of them have just been great like since they came on the scene Mm -hmm. and it's like both of these films are uh their best roles or one of their best roles yeah well, I only saw um, Room out of the five. Um, but which I, you loved. Which I did love, yeah. Um, so I do want Brie Larson to win because, I mean, it's just... The subject matter of Room is just very intense, and they really don't get into it, but like when you actually think about what the story's about, you know, it's about captivity, and then, I don't know, it's, very, it's a very dark subject, and I think she handles it really well especially because she's talking to her child about it um a child that was born in captivity you know in this one room and you know towards the end you know she has to tell him that what they've lived is not all that exists which i mean is hard for us to think because you know we have the whole world around us as we grow up but you know this one little kid all he knows is that room he doesn't know about you know grass or the sky or buildings or anything else and she has to explain to him you know Mm -hmm. that you know we're gonna try to get out and you have to do these things and i mean it's just it's a remarkable movie so i hope she wins but yeah and it's it's just fascinating like the things that you take for granted and just to see this kid discover them which you know just to springboard off that jacob tremblay is just i know we love him He's amazing. Honestly, all of last week, if I ever was feeling down, I was like, what did Jacob Tremblay do today? (laughs) Just go look. I'm like, oh, he's on Ellen. I'll watch it. Yeah, I watched it too. He's so so adorable. Mm -hmm. Every speech, every video. His Instagram's great, everybody. (laughs) Go check it out. (laughs) I just plugged Jacob Tremblay's Instagram. A nine-year-old. Yeah, a nine-year-old. A nine-year-old's Instagram. Hey, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I I definitely I, I mean, definitely want her to win. She's won all. every I award, guess... so I'm I'm banking on her right. winning anyways. Yeah. Um I also just to come back to that tonal thing, mm-hmm. what I think is brilliant about Room is that it is so full of hope. Like there's so much hope in like uh Jacob Tremblay's character and even the tone of it, it never goes as dark as it should, or not yeah. as it should, but as it totally could. could, you know, like, there's there's people who could have taken that so much further, and you don't need it to, to really get, right. to really get the point across, and I think it makes for, like, a very, um, it's very unique in that way, like, it doesn't feel like other things that you've seen that are kind of that same story. Yeah. I yeah, like I wish it got I'm more cool. recognition, but... I'm happy that she at least got recognized. Yeah. Okay, best uh, original screenplay? Yep. So we have Bridge of Spies, Ex Machina, Inside Out, Spotlight, and Straight Outta Compton. Um, mm. I mean, I honestly don't know what will win. Like, when I look at that list, none of them seem like a, a shoo-in winner. But my... I want Ex Machina to win. 
Or honestly, Inside mm. Out. I mean, Inside Out um, is actually like a really fantastic movie. And it really speaks to kids, which I've noticed at school. Um, I've shown some clips with some of the kids that I work with. And they just connect to it. And it helps them understand feelings um, in a way that they oh, wouldn't so be able to normally. Um, because that's a, a huge thing of what I work with with the kids at school is, you know trying to understand that trying to get them to understand that they do have feelings and that they have different feelings and then also what they can do when they have those feelings. Um, and so it's a great movie for that. And kids like as young as like five can understand it, which is awesome. So, yeah, that's, that's really incredible that they're able to do that. I still haven't seen it, but I feel like there's more, there's more, buzz around not now but when it came out like there's just so much buzz around the way that they handled all of that that i feel like it has a good yeah. chance of winning well and I what think... i liked about it is um that it makes it okay like i guess i don't want to spoil it for you <laughs> i know but i guess this isn't it's really okay to be sad right right yeah it says that you know yeah. we have these emotions and all of them are equally as important um, but it's right. just knowing what to do when you do have those feelings. And um, I think that's a very important message, not just even for kids. I think for even adults to know that it's okay to be sad and that it's just a part of life. And Yeah, yeah props to them for, for doing that. Like to take something, something like that and just to really take advantage of that concept and talk in a new way in kids movies and in movies in general, you know, just, yeah, they really knocked it out of the park. They sure did. Um, all right. What, what's yours? I, I would love for ex machina to win as well, but I think it's going to be spotlight and I think it's going to be spotlight because usually like, movies that win oscars win more oscars you know and i feel like that movie <laughs> yeah, right. is yeah unfortunately that's how it goes so yeah i think that movie is going to pick up other awards so they're going to be like oh also give it the writing award right we'll see yeah i mean I, I, be... I think that'll win as well unfortunately yeah but... i think ex machina or inside out would be really cool to see when though yeah We'll have to tune in to find out. So, um, um, if anybody is as into the Oscars as we are, um, yes, there is or this, isn't watching the Super Bowl, or isn't watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, um, I sent I sent you one of the one of the video essays about the Oscars, but I just mm. want to tell anybody like uh, I went and watched all of them. Um, so there's this uh, there's this Vimeo page called Fandor Keyframe, like that's the name of the username. And if you go look that up, uh, and that's F A N D O R Keyframe, they have they have like seven ish videos, and they're all like who deserves the Oscar for this, and they're all like ten minutes long, and it just gets into like the difference the differences between everybody nominated, and it's so fascinating and. I don't know. If you're really into movies, like, they're really, really interesting. You like the one that I sent you, right, John? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. 
They're really fun. I like them a lot. So I just wanted to let anyone know, if you're interested, they're great. <laughs> Check it out. Did you have any uh, other cultural things you want to talk about, or did you want me to go into uh, something else? Um, uh, I guess to mention quickly, uh, coming soon, are you excited for either Zoolander 2 or The Witch? <laughs> Which one's Those The Witch? Those are both coming out next weekend. What's The, the Witch? So The Witch... The Witch is the new A24 film. That's the, the company behind um, Ex Machina and several other like, uh, great, great films of last year. It's Who's like, in it? Uh, it's, it's no one uh, really famous as far as I can remember from the trailer, but it is like um, all of the early screenings for it are super, super buzzy, and it's like insane. Like the, it's like critically acclaimed. People are like losing their minds over it. And it's oh really um, yeah like like it's supposed to be super good and I was like oh, cool. I was um I was super pumped to see it I was like cool it's coming out soon it's a like first good horror film in a while and then mm-hmm. the Satanic Temple comes out and endorses the film and partners with the production company to um, sponsor like screenings and to promote the film and I was like yeah. um. Too real. That's too real. <laughs> I was like, I, yeah. I can't do this. Like, I'm gonna red box that sucker like midday on a Sunday, and, and I'll watch it holding my Bible. All the lights on. It, exactly. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's too real. It's funny I'm gonna, too because I'm gonna my hold a bowl of crosses. Here. Yeah, <laughs> a bowl of crosses, bowl of holy water, and I'll just throw garlic. the crosses at oh, wait, the TV every time someone's possessed. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. But my friend was my friend who moved here. She's like super into horror films and she was like, "The witch is coming out soon. We have to go see it." And I was like, "Yeah, so the Satanic Temple endorsed that." And she was like, "Oh shit." And I was like, "Yeah. I don't think I can do this. Like I'm going to have to wait <laughs> or never watch it. I don't know right. yet." But you That's should go funny. watch the trailer. It's very terrifying. Okay. okay. Um And then on a, a lighter note, I think Zoolander Two looks great. I don't know. What I think, think it does too. Yeah, I think it does. Yeah, they're and just so funny. I, they're just the one-liners they that they just have so many good one-liners. Derek Zoolander, <laughs> yeah, he just like cranks do. them out. <laughs> I, really I can't even had think of any most of expectations until I saw mm-hmm. the trailer. I was like, this yeah. is gonna be so bad. Right. I'm excited for it. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna try to go see that and then report back here. Do it. I'll try to see it too. Maybe. Yeah, that's this cool. weekend. Yeah. Walk, well, Walking Dead's on this this next weekend. So, oof. Well, you're booked. Lord, take my soul. What? <laughs> Sorry, I got I got a little too intense. <laughs> I got a little too gospel. It's Sorry. okay. We need it because the Satanic Temple talk is a little—it's a little rough. <laughs> we need no, to cleanse but, ourselves. But I've been waiting for it to come back because it ended on such a terrible, terrible note. Oh yeah. Like I was Tell very about upset this. about it because I've read the comics at least to the point where they are in the show, and like mm-hmm. there's something, there's such a huge thing that happens, and the end of the episode, the mid-season finale is like them walking into this 
thing that's about to happen, and then they stopped it. And I was like, this is the mid-season finale. Like, go out with a bang. And they stopped it before the bang. And it was just, and nothing happened in the episode. Well, and and nothing happened in the episode leading up to it. Oh, so they totally had room for it. Yes. And so, I mean, I think that they're actually going to, like, follow through with some of the stuff that's supposed to happen. Um, Yeah. But I've been waiting since, you know, the end of November to see it. And, (laughs) (laughs) yep. So, so long. So I will definitely tell you guys all the things next week. You know, this is why I stopped watching The Walking Dead. It just takes so long for them to do anything. It's definitely it's getting like, a little trying. Like, they need to yeah, do better. Because they the have really good have source, material. source material. We oh literally gosh, just said the same weird. thing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, but it's true. <laughs> and I mean, I, I, I get and I, I like that they changed some things. But to a certain point, like keep keep the main um, benchmarks and do it well. Keep the skeleton you know? of it, you know. Right. Um. So I don't know. I agree, but I'm gonna keep watching it just because I feel like when you read the comics or the books of a show that you're watching, you kind of just have to see it out. So I'm gonna see it out. <laughs> I'm gonna see it out, and I won't be happy about it, but. Hashtag YOLO. The only way you're going to be happy about it is if, like, all of the writers leave. Like, <laughs> this is only a possibility. Like, uh-huh. you, you could be hopeful about it if all of the writers left and they replaced everybody with, like, fresh fresh meat, you know. They didn't know maybe, exactly maybe they'll they call me, go, but they weren't. You know, you know I, that's a possibility. Oh, thank you. God bless. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank I did miss know. a call from, uh, you know, California earlier today. Maybe they were calling me. <clears throat> that was me. Oh. I'm just kidding. Awkward. Awkward. <laughs> um, so I've been reading this book, okay? It's by okay. Uh, Elizabeth Gilbert. She's the person who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. Um. Oh, her. Yeah. Yes. And I I mean, I'm obsessed with her. Um, She's a I've come into knowing her more based on um, following Rob Bell because she's friends with him. And then also she was on the Pete Holmes podcast. And I listen to a lot of those like the group that they have, um, you know, they kind of all um, work with each other. And so I've gotten to know her through that. And she was on Super Soul Sunday with Oprah um, a few times. So, so anyway, mm-hmm. she has this new book. It's called Big Magic, um, and like the subtitle is creating uh, creative living be- beyond fear, and it's so fantastic. You would love it, honestly, Mathis. Really? Um, yeah. And there's a part to, that I'm going to read it. to you. There's a part that I'm going to. I hope yay. people find this interesting, but I think you'll find it interesting because um, it's about inspiration and it's about ideas and where ideas come from so i'm gonna read it to you it's it's a little it's a little more lengthy but i need you to get the full scope of it in order to understand okay so she writes i believe that our planet is inhabited not only by animals and plants and bacteria and viruses but also by ideas ideas are a disembodied energetic life form 
They are completely separate from us, but capable of interacting with us. Ideas have no material body, but they do have consciousness, and they most certainly have will. Ideas are driven by a single impulse, to be made manifest. And the only way an idea can be made manifest in our world is through collaboration with a human partner. It is only through a human's efforts that an idea can be escorted out of the ether and into the realm of the actual. Therefore, ideas spend eternity swirling around us, searching for available and willing human partners. Um, when an idea thinks it has found somebody, say you, who might be able to bring it into the world, the idea will pay you a visit. It will try to get your attention. Mostly, you will not notice. This is likely because you're so consumed by your own dramas, anxieties, distractions, insecurities, and duties that you aren't receptive to inspiration. Um, I'm kind of skipping around a little. Um, the idea will try to wave you down, perhaps for a few moments, perhaps for a few months, perhaps for a few years. But when it finally realizes that you're oblivious to its message, it'll move on to someone else. But sometimes, rarely but magnificently, there comes a day when you're open and relaxed enough to actually receive something. Your defenses might slacken and your anxieties might ease, and then magic can slip through. The idea, sensing your openness, will start to do its work on you. It'll send the universal physical and emotional signals of inspiration, the chills up your arms, the hair standing up on the back of your neck, the nervous stomach, the buzzy thoughts, the feeling of falling into love or obsession. The idea will organize coincidences importance to tumble across your path to keep your interests keen you will start to notice all sorts of signs pointing you towards the idea everything you see and touch and do will remind you of the idea the idea will wake you up in the middle of the night and distract you from your everyday routine the idea will not leave you alone until it has your fullest attention and then in a quiet moment it will ask do you want to work with me how does that make you feel? I love it. That is the most spiritual that anybody has ever talked about being creative ever. That actually yeah. sounds like spiritual language entirely. It is. Yeah. And she would, I mean, she talks about how she definitely thinks that ideas and inspiration is very magical. And she means it in the sense of like, mm -hmm. she thinks it's mystical as well. And she actually goes into yeah. a story. Um, and I'm going to tell you because it kind of goes along with this. She says that her okay. husband um, was telling her about this um, news thing going on in the Amazon back in the 60s. I don't really remember the pretenses, but he was telling her about it and how they wanted to build a highway through the Amazon. And she said that that idea stirred something in her that she wanted to write a novel about that idea. Um, obviously make it her own, but with the idea of a highway through the Amazon and like a reporter from Minneapolis coming down um, and working with it. So anyways, um, she, you know, started doing note cards, um, you know, writing down notes, starting to write it. And then she had like a family emergency, which made her put it off for, uh, it was either a year or two years. And then when she came back to it, she didn't have the same inspiration that she had before. Um, and then she went to this conference and she met another author by the name of Ann Pratchett, I think it is, Patchett or Pratchett. Um, and she said that she met her for the first time and when they met, she gave her a kiss on the cheek 
and then they started writing letters corresponding um but that uh elizabeth gilbert said that she kind of let the idea go away because the inspiration wasn't there anymore and through her letters with this Anne Pratchett, I hope it's Pratchett, now I feel, it's fine. Um, she, Anne Pratchett said that she was writing a novel about the Amazon. And they had never talked about this. Um, and Elizabeth Gilbert was oh. like, oh, that's so weird. You know, I, I was going to write a book about the Amazon. What's yours about? And Anne was like, well, what was yours about? You tell me. And she explained it to her. And then and said that that was the exact story that she was going to write. Obviously with a few minor details um, different, but in regards to like a woman from Minneapolis going down to the Amazon, like all of the main benchmarks like we talk about were the same. And Elizabeth Gilbert was talking about how she really thinks that it was this magical thing that was passed from her to Anne on the day that they met because that was around the same time that she let go of that inspiration and let it kind of move back into the universe for someone else to find it and that it was found in Anne and that Anne wrote it isn't that crazy that's very fascinating and I kind of loved like even if I mean whether or not you believe that's true or not is really indifferent to me but like the the concept of it and the visual of it really speaks the to me like that. Yeah, yeah, like it's so beautiful and it makes so much like I feel like as storytellers that just makes so much sense to us. Like I know for me it does. I don't know how you feel about it, but inspiration is so like it comes and goes, like you can't force it. And mm-hmm. there are times when you feel so inspired by a subject and then you put it off and when you come back to it, it's just not there. You know what I mean? Like something that had you so on fire can leave you. And for me, I like to think of it now in her way of thinking that, you know, it just, it was neglected for so long, you know, it had to find someone else to, to tell its story. And I don't know that, that really spoke to me because I mean, I, I've been writing this story, a story for a very long time. Um, Kind of like the same story. I've been trying to make it for like five years like it's been a long process and I finally after reading that realized that the inspiration for it has unfortunately gone to find someone else because I've neglected it for so long Mm. and the fact that I need to be okay with that and grieve it if I need to but know that it's still okay because someone else will find it and it will still be made Um, but not to dwell on it because it takes a lot out of you. I mean, so I don't know. It it really spoke to me on a personal level, but yeah. So how, yeah, what do you it, how, what do you think? <laughs> it you know it really it scares me honestly. It scares it, me a lot because you it, know, it is a little scary. Um, but I think the way and I think the way that she would describe it, like it shouldn't be a scary thing because we should be happy for just the story itself to be made in any form whether it's by us or someone else and i think that if we're open if we let it if we let an idea go if we let inspiration go and we're open to new inspiration and ideas that new ones will come so we should never be scared that we're never going to find anything but when you do have inspiration and when you do have ideas that you really accept it and go at it at your fullest 
potential because if you don't, if you if you neglect it, it will go away. Um, and so yeah. it, it encouraged me. Um, you know, it helped me let go of like of something that I was holding on to, and it also kind of cleansed me of that, and now made me ready for new ideas, and you know, for when it, those ideas come to really go at it. And we've talked about before how we, you know, there's people who wake up, you know, write for so many hours. They devote everything, every like, every second of their day that they're not somewhere else they're devoting it to the story to their screenplay to whatever it is that they're um that they feel called to be doing at that time and i know we've mm. talked about it before but like we don't have that passion <laughs> like it's really hard for us to like that for writing to be the only thing that we do um yeah so but i think that that passion can come if we have the right idea and if we really stick with an idea that makes itself known to us does that make sense yeah no totally i just okay i i totally agree it's like i i have i don't it's hard to explain it and it's hard to understand it because i have i have a lot of ideas but i it's like why is that not enough for me to want to wanna create it more? Like, why is it not the, the only thing I want to do with my time? And why does it right. not matter when I'm tired? Like, whenever I jump into that, I am so on fire for it. And it's like, I could be tired and I could be not tired. And I would still feel the same right now in this zone, in this process. So maybe it, I feel like it might come down to just, you know, respecting and appreciating that idea more. Right. Maybe. Well... And Elizabeth Gilbert says that it's it's not always this this thing where an idea comes and you just crank it out. She said that, you know, that's only happened to her yeah. once before and that it still is very hard. Even when you do, you know, accept an idea or inspiration, it's still hard. Like, it, it doesn't mean that, like, this magic's going to make it just flow out of you. Um, but just to remember yeah. to keep going at it. Um so I don't know. I know what you mean, yeah, though. I mean, yeah, I, I figured you would. Um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> and I mean, it's it is scary. I I see why it shouldn't be scary. It's it's like as long as I believe um, that if I let go something that I no longer have passion for, something else will take its place. Then there's nothing to be to be scared about. Like there's, right. Um, like if I have that sensitivity, if I live in that sensitivity that I can feel it. But I guess I guess there's just that like thought in the back of my mind where I'm like, what if what if I am just slowly becoming more and more numb, not only to my ideas, but to getting ideas again. Mm-hmm. And and I I I would say that it's like in it's somewhat in my DNA, like that I can I can find things and I can tell stories and I can write um but not enough that that I could not um that I could not do something to lose it like I could not uh I don't know if I said that right like it's not so much in my DNA that no matter what it would always be there I don't think right I know what you mean yeah I think I yeah I think that I could abuse it and it could be gone and yeah. that's 
Yeah. Well, if anything, Scary. it's helped me be more mindful of the fact that to just be more open to ideas and to not kind of shut myself down from anything that wants to, you know, reveal itself to me. Yeah, totally. Which That's it does make it sound that super you're spiritual. Stop working on your story. I know it took me, uh, but it feels right. I mean, and I don't necessarily think mm-hmm. that it can't come back around. But I think I've held yeah, on totally. to this idea. I mean, because it's been six years now, where I, like I've been working on it little by little, um, and it's changed so much, and I've restarted it so many times. Um, yeah. And I think that everything that I try to write separate from that always ends up going back to it which i didn't like um i want to be able to get away from it because it was the only thing that i thought of and i don't want that so i think at least for the time being i definitely had to grieve that loss and let it go i mean you know mentally i was saying i said to myself like for i guess i was saying to the idea you know i do let you go and you can find someone that will be devoted to telling the story because what whatever story it is you know i want it to be told whether from me or from someone else so yeah yeah it's hard but i think overall it'll be good it's very anyways you should read that book it's called big magic elizabeth gilbert i'm trying to be more of a reader and that sounds like something that could help me be more of a reader because I would definitely um, I'd definitely be into it yeah I think you would too my uh, right before I went home for Christmas my mom texted me and she was like oh me or, wow I just said oh me <laughs> she said <laughs> oh, oh my gosh <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh have you seen Eat, Pray, Love. It's the greatest movie ever. And it, that was... Um, How funny. Right after... Isn't that... Yeah. <laughs> like, and then I got home for Christmas, and she just talked about it for like an hour straight. And I was like nodding, like listening to her, genuinely listening. But I, I don't know anything about Eat, Pray, Love. So I was like, I'm so glad you're fired up about this. I don't know what you're talking about. But yeah. that was... And that was right after you turned me on to the Pete Holmes show and I mm-hmm. heard her speak. So like Oh right. You listened to hers, didn't you? I forgot. Yeah. And and I can totally Yeah, I mean she's just so had great. I not I listened just... to that, I'm I might not have continued listening to Pete Holmes. Like that was just such a great episode to come in on. And Yeah, because I actually I think so she talked about this podcast book. episode in what you read. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Um yeah, she did. She <laughs> she really does see the like the magic in the world. And like you said, she does. even if it's not real, it's beautiful to listen to her talk about life. Yeah, and I I think we get too caught up on this idea of real and that we need to yeah, have to like physically be able to see it and um believe it. I don't I guess believe it's not it, but I just I don't know why we can't just think of the idea behind uh, certain concepts and just kind of grow from those. Like, however it makes you feel. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, not to, to, um, not to get super 
uh, preachy or biblical, but um, uh-huh. people people always, you know, are are concerned with you know what is real in the Bible, and there is like yeah. people who who say it's all real, and mm-hmm. um, who can't who can't accept that any of it would ever not be real. And I mean, this is just the first thing that came to mind to me. There's like so much in the Bible where it's like it really doesn't matter whether that's real or not because that is an idea that's speaking to you about the world and it's influencing you and it's you know it's a part of your spirituality and i don't know yeah totally that's no it was the first thing that came to my mind too but i didn't really want to bring it up (laughs) i was afraid to bring it up that's why i was like oh gosh Um, i'm gonna bring it up and but yeah i mean that's definitely how i feel about the bible at this point in my life is that you know, it doesn't matter whether or not I think the Bible is completely true or completely false or somewhere in between. I think what matters and what we really need to focus on is the message that it preaches. And I think we kind of got into this yeah. last week, at least about Christianity in general. Like the Bible itself preaches about love and it preaches about grace and it preaches about, you know, surrender and resurrection. And I think that the messages that it really talks about is something that we can all benefit from um and honestly yeah none of us oh i don't know if i should say this but i'm going to um you know the bible is so old (laughs) that like none of us none of us know for sure whether or not it's true or not so we really all we have to base it on is how is the message that comes through that didn't even come out right but um you want to go again or you just want to keep rolling? <laughs> no, I think the inspiration left me. <laughs> oh, um, gosh. No, it but I mean... that fast, huh? I guess so. But, I mean, that's that's definitely the one thing. Like, uh, no, we need to move on. I can't... No. Let's move on. I mean, on. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And, you know, I would I would definitely agree. I think you can leave it right there. Just... Right. It, it doesn't matter, and there's no way for anybody to know for sure, so there's no reason beating yes. it over everybody's head. The literal nature of it doesn't matter, at least to me, and because we really can't know for sure. Um, yeah. But it doesn't mean that we can't grow from the message that it, you know, shows and that it preaches to us, I guess. Was that was that quote your quote for the week? Um, yes. I mean, there's several in there that I could have talked about, but that was the one that I wanted to bring up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. I like it. Yeah, I mean, it, it just changed the way that I look at storytelling, honestly. So. Yeah. It's interesting. It's like... It'll keep bouncing around in my head for a few days, I'm sure. Yeah. But I love that type of stuff. I mean, I think I talked about it before, but, like, I'm I'm into, like, the mystery and the mystical. And so, like, anything like that, yeah. I'm like, sign me up. Yes. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> but, of course, it speaks to me. It may not speak to someone else. They may be like, that's weird. Um, <laughs> um, They're like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, right. Um, did you go to church today? 
I did go to church today. Is there anything there that you found interesting yes. or non-interesting? Um. Kind of put you on the spot there. I'm sorry. Something. No, that's fine. Something. Um, if you did ask or it did come up that uh, was just really uh, inspiring. That uh, no one really said. I was just thinking about it. Uh, during the worship session Mm -hmm. was um, I think what okay yeah what cued it was I had a headache and (laughs) my stomach kind of hurt I think it's because I was hungry Satan was was in you I was what's that? nothing (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna have to go back and listen to this after we're done (laughs) like what did that say uh huh keep going um yeah, so I'm like, I'm like standing there, and I'm kind of singing, and I'm kind of just like um, meditating, and my stomach is like sort of growly, sort of just hurting, and my head really hurts, and I just start thinking about, um, you know, my my brain, and my skull, and you know, my stomach and my other organs, and and mm-hmm. I'm just like thinking about my body, um, just piece by piece. And I just feel, I felt really awe, awestruck in that moment because mm. it's just so strange that really all that there, there is to us is, uh, is these biological things. And then somewhere, somewhere mixed in and all that is emotion and soul and passion mm-hmm. and inspiration. And it just, it's just like can't even wrap my head around it it's like right when i when i actually stop and think about it and i haven't thought about it for a long time i just feel so like amazed that it's like that there is no compartment for the soul and in a in a way this gets back to what we were just talking about how um there there is no way to to say yes or no or to define some things about spirituality and that is the case in in our own selves like you cannot define the soul there's nothing you can actually look at and yet like you feel it so deeply that you are more than just like flesh and bones you know like you right just down to like primitive things like happiness and sadness and you know sure other animals experience that but not to the level that we do and i also just think that's it's amazing that um, because of that, because of that, like, that element beyond all of the physical elements that is in us, you can never truly um, explain a human being. Like, you never will be able to. Because we're, right. we're so much more than just the, the parts that make us up. And I just think that that's really, really amazing. Yeah, I do too. And I mean, science has really tried to pinpoint where consciousness comes from um and it's really hard for science but that doesn't mean that you know there isn't a scientific reason for it um you know really we our experience of life is all based on our brain and so that's what a lot of science goes back to that it's a lot of um you know it's just that our our consciousness and soul is just a bunch of synapses in our brain um Mm-hmm. And that it's because of our brain that we have all those experiences. But 
I know for me personally, I definitely have a sense of something beyond the body, um, which I think is what you were talking about as well. Um, yeah, exactly. Nothing you know, in your body would scream to that, you know? Like, but it does. Yeah, and there's just been, like, you know, certain experiences where it's just, it's definitely, like, beyond this physical world. And I don't mean, like, ghost or anything, but I'm trying to think of a good example. I mean, honestly, sometimes even with coincidence, I get very existential with coincidence. Like, um, you know, is it just by chance that this certain event happened, you know, the same day that I was thinking about it? Or, yeah. That happens to me all the time. Right. It makes, I mean, maybe it is all BS, but it definitely makes everything feel so interconnected. Yeah, and I think that that's a huge thing, too, when you look at how connected, you know, human beings can be and how we can sense certain things about each other. I think it shows that we're connected somehow and we're obviously not physically connected. So there has to be either something, you know, mentally or spiritually that connects us, whether that be the soul or whether it be some type of mental waves that connects us. But I mean, I feel like it's hard to say that we're not connected to each other at least i would i would think that at least every person has one person in their mind where they felt you know super connected to on more than just a physical level you know exactly yeah so it's kind of figuring out what that is and um kind of what it means and you know some people probably don't really care what it means but and I get that. That's true, yeah. It's a lot. It's definitely true. Yeah. I just... You brought it up, and I was thinking about it today, and I was like... What did I bring just up? amazing. Just anything. Oh. <laughs> I don't remember your exact <laughs> phrase, but it was definitely close to... Did you get well, anything I brought up church? Yes, that was it. Well, I mean, I guess speaking of consciousness and soul... What do you think happens when we die? <laughs> this light subject. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, it's kind of and uh, I don't want to I don't want to take the cheap skate way out, but it's kind of like last episode we talked about how like it does not really matter at least to this point in my life. And um, it does not it does not help me to um, to keep living to think about it. But if you do want a little more concrete answer, it's up to you. I don't. You see, I don't even know if I can give you one. I. Um, it's there, a t- it's a tough thing okay, to think about. I'll I'll give you that. I mean, the, the most I can do. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and I just, uh, I the most I can do is, I believe that it is not over. Mm-hmm. I believe that there's more, and that this this really is just, just one part, of what what we are meant to be. Um, but beyond that, like, it's very hard to say. 
That is the truth. Were you my thinking friend. about that this week? I mean, I feel like I always think about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. You really do. I do. Um, but I like thinking about it, and I like. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I have a lot of different thoughts about it, so I don't really know. Yeah, I know you do. Do you want to get into them here? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I need some guidance on where to go first. Because I have like a lot of different thoughts about it. I don't really know how to focus it in a place to start. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Well, I guess, do you believe that there is something after, after Lights Out? Lights Out? Pete Holmes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I do. And I don't know. I think the thing that gets me is I don't know if it's because I grew up um, being told that there is. And so it's just kind of become a part of my unconscious self is that, you know, I believe in something after. Right. Um, But I think when I really think about it, I, I do think that there is something else, but I think I definitely, uh, mm, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I, I don't think that it's anything like what we've been told. You know, I don't think that there's the... Mm, see, I'm learning how to be more open <laughs> and share you, my feelings. Might I remind you that you brought this topic up. You're right. Why did I do that? <laughs> you totally just put the shotgun to your own head. I did. Um, well, I think, I don't know if we've talked about it on here or not, but the dualistic manner of heaven and hell um, increasingly doesn't make sense to me. Um, you know, yeah. I find the world that we live in very dualistic, and I think that making anything dualistic in regards to God and what happens after we die and really anything spiritual, that doesn't make sense to me. Because, it, you know, I do think that God is you know, undefinable. And I think to define anything in good or bad, yes and no, heaven and hell, um, I personally just don't believe that. Um, It doesn't make much sense to me at this point in my life. Yeah. So, yeah, there's that. Well, what we did get into in the last episode was that we too often quantify... um, heaven with earthly right earthly yeah. things and that that definitely goes with what you're saying you know it's like well it, it can't be like here that doesn't make sense right and if it is i mean yeah i mean it, yeah it just doesn't make sense to me um but yeah. i did i don't remember if i worded it this way last week but it's not good for me to think that there's something after life that we know because I'm very much, I have an anxious mind and my anxious mind always goes towards the future. And if I know that there's something better for me after this life, I'll look more forward to that than I do the day that I'm supposed to be living. Um, so 
Um, that's also why it... Oh, so I remember I was going. So with that in mind, <laughs> I had to... I wanted to not believe in something after death. Um, but it was so like ingrained in me. It was really hard to think that way. Um, so I kind of just you began... to not believe in something after death. Yeah, because I wanted okay. to actually... Because I feel like if you believe that there's nothing after this life, then it makes you more focused on just the moment that you have. Because right. once this moment in this life is over, there's nothing. So you might as well make the most of it. And I think that that's something that we all need to hear. Not that there's nothing after death, but the idea that we need to live the moment that we have because we don't know if yeah. there's anything after. I mean, we don't even know if there's anything tomorrow. Um, so we need yeah. to really, you know, focus on what we do have. And for me, I don't just do, you know, what will happen tomorrow. I do what will happen in five years. What will happen when I turn 60? What will happen <laughs> if, if I, you know, break my hip and get dementia and then I don't know who I am? You know, like that's where my mind goes. So it's like I need to not, even have that as a possibility because otherwise I'll just run with it and it's not good for me. Um, so I did, I tried really hard to think about what it would be like to not believe in anything after death and to be okay with that. Cause it's very, very scary um, for someone who grew up in religion to think that there's nothing after death, because honestly, that's one of the, main things that gives you so much hope in life is this idea that you know we will be taken from this really crappy world and into something so great and so pure and so um you know where everything's happy and there's no pain and there's no sorrow and yeah you know it's a really it's a beautiful idea and it's a beautiful thing to hope for um and so it's really scary when you take that out of the equation and replace it with nothing. <laughs> um, and it makes you really think about not only what what will life be, but look at the life I've lived and was it worth anything if there's nothing after. Um, so I remember I was talking with one of my friends and um, she's an artist and she was talking about how in art school, they would tell them to, you know, just make a piece of art and then um, not really put anything, any, any part of themselves into it, like, so that if it did go away, that they would be okay without it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really good at explaining that part. Um, because, and pretty much that the art itself, the fact that you made it still makes it a beautiful thing and a work of art, whether or not it lives on past that moment. Um, and I, I think yeah. when we talked before, I told you about how, um, you know, Buddhist monks, they do these really cool sand paintings. And if you get a chance, um, Google it, because it will give you more of a visual of what these paintings look like. But what they do is for a month straight, they will um, tap out these colored grains of sands into this miraculous looking um, pitcher. And they'll do it for a whole month and they'll do different colors. And um, then at the end of the month, 
they you know they have a ceremony and then they just wipe it clean so they've made this beautiful beautiful once like um not once in a lifetime but um unique thing and they put so much time and effort into it and then they wipe it away as if it didn't exist and that to me was the best metaphor that you can have in regards to whether or not um there's if there isn't life after death that it's still okay because i think of life as that sand painting and just because um just because it may be wiped away at the end doesn't mean that it still wasn't beautiful and still doesn't mean that you know a lot of work and blood and sweat and tears went into that life um you know it's still beautiful even though it was wiped away at the end and that doesn't make it not purposeful so yeah that was that's how yeah and it's not that i believe that on a personal level but it really helped me be okay with the idea that if it is lights out after all of this, that I'll be okay. And that there is still purpose to living, even if there isn't anything after. So Yeah. That's very true. I hope that I um talked about it clearly. <laughs> I hope so I have, too. I haven't like because vocalized that it. a whole lot. Oh, I know you get it, but that's not something I've vocalized many times, so I don't have a good way of explaining it yet, at least in a way that's not like, um, yum, you know, ha-ha. Right, so. yeah. So anyways. Yeah, I feel like you, you got through it pretty, pretty concisely, I think. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, I wish I knew what they were actually called. Maybe it's this. I'm Wikipedia it right now. Something that, um, those, I have yet to watch one, but we've talked about this before and I've talked about it with other people, those, uh, those sand painting. Yeah. uh, I think they're sand paintings. I'm sure they're called something else, but sand painting is coming up on Wikipedia. Yeah. I think that is, that really is the best analogy for it. I think that we're all just a little too, I mean, it. It, well, I, sorry. What were everyone's you ingrained with this feeling that you know you're trying to get to the end of something, and it's very few people who are actually going to live. Like all of this is meaningful, and all of this uh, is beautiful, and everything that I do from day to day is yeah. what my whole life is about. And I want—I I just want to like make it clear that like I do, I think that there is a lot of good things and believing in something after death. You know, I think it really does give you hope and I think it does give you an extra thing of something to live for and to be kind to others, especially when you talk about heaven and, um, you know, the idea that you, you know, treat others as you want to be treated. And I think that that's important to remember. And I think it really is beneficial to life. Um, but I think just for me personally, I really had to deal with every single different option you know, and I didn't want to leave any stone unturned when it came to that because for me it's just important to think about rearranging the room. Yeah. I was listening yeah. to uh Pete Holmes. If you guys you guys should all listen to Pete Holmes podcast. It's called You Made It Weird. Um it's 
it's, it's my great. favorite podcast. I mean, he's just he's a comedian, and what he does is he talks to di- not just comedians. He talks to a lot of people, but he talks to them about their life and their career. And then at the end, he always asks them um, kind of what the meaning of life is and what they grew up with in regards to like God. And he asks them a lot what they think happens when they die. Um, and they had they just passed their three hundredth episode, and I was listening to that today. And um, yeah. Oh, I think I lost it. Hang on, give me a sec. Sing me a so- sing a song while I think. Um, <laughs> sing, sing a song. Is that a real song? Sing a yeah, that's a real song. I can't remember the next word though, so that's the end of my song. Ta-da! Shoot, what was I talking about before that? Before you're talking about Pete Holmes. Well, as I was leading into Pete Holmes. As you're leading into Pete Holmes, you're talking about people talking about what they grew up believing. Mm. What what people believe comes after death. Um, um. Why don't we just move on, and I'll remember it. But if I keep if if I keep trying to think of it, I probably won't. So I need to move on, <laughs> and then I'll remember it. Yes. I just imagine you sitting over there, like, in the, the Pooh Bear thinking stance, you know? Like, hitting your forehead, like, think, think, think. Yeah, right. No, that's I'm what I do. <laughs> I do know what you're talking about. I knew it. Mm-hmm. I knew that's what you did. That's what I do, you know? The, the thing that really gets me um, through, through the day right now, like, the big spiritual element that, like, helps me just live and lead life is... Um, the whole idea of bringing heaven to earth like that's what gets me through it's like um, let's let's actually be um, let's be people who are like changing this place to be as most like what what it should be let's make this place as, as good as it can be and yeah. let's you know, let's make it something that we can be proud of, not try to move past quickly. And that also just plays into um, finding the world uh, beautiful more and more. I, um, it used to be really hard for me to think of the world as beautiful because I was like, this is just like a, an earthly place, a sinful place, an imperfect place. Um, because that's just, you know, what you're brought up to believe. And, right. Um, like the Bible says a lot of things about like not this is really bad paraphrasing, but it's like, you know, don't don't worry about the things that are here. And it's just you know, it's really hard to call this world beautiful. Uh it's like a lot of the other things in the Bible like there's a lot of things in the Bible I feel like contradict themselves because the Bible does speak a lot about the world being beautiful, but there's also so many things where it's like well, it's pretty much matter. that it's almost inherently evil as well, unfortunately. Right, yeah. I mean, it, well, I, I guess it that... starts off. It starts off very pure, and then right, us humans, you know, we just f it up. Yeah, we are. So, I think though um, that the goal is to to basically get back to Eden, and to just. And I do think that humanity is working its way there. Um, at least right now, that's what I think. Um, 
so when people say, uh, you know, things like, on earth as it is in heaven, like that's a really popular phrase from the Lord's Prayer. That, that just really resonates with me right now. So I'm like, yeah, this is a place that we can make more beautiful again and we can continue to work with and to actually, um, to actually live very uh, blessed and um, fulfilling lives despite other things about this world because we are working towards um, more good. Like that's the goal, getting towards more good. Yeah. I like that. I don't know. Okay, I was going to say, I don't know if you're probably like, what did he just say? No, no, I understand what you're saying. Um, Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think we see the world as we see ourselves, um, which I think is interesting. I mean, I think what we attribute the world, we unconsciously almost think about ourselves. Um, I could see that. Because, I mean, when you were talking, I was just thinking, like, you know, I think we're almost being lied to in a sense that, you know, that the world isn't beautiful now and that, you know, we're working towards it being beautiful. But I think that, you know, it's beautiful now and we're just not seeing it. Um, yeah, for sure. That's, but I, but I, I also that's like, I feel. but I also like what you're saying in the sense that I do think we're more moving towards, you know, more good than we have in recent years because there has mm-hmm. just been a lot of just not a lot of great things, you know. Yeah. It somehow feels though like in the overarching story of humanity, it's like we're we're coming full circle sort of. Yeah. I don't know. That helps that helps me a lot. A lot more than thinking about what comes after life. <laughs> right. Good. I don't really know where to go from there. Where do you what, what do you think? I'm thinking. Hmm. You want me to sing another song? What song should I sing? <laughs> um, oh, you wanna hear you wanna hear a quote that I like from the Bible? I'm gonna be a hypocrite because Sure. Um No no, this also when I heard this it helped me a lot. Um See, but I think that's what the, that's, to me, that why I think the Bible is still beneficial is the fact that it does have a lot of things in there that can encourage you and, you know, make you, yeah, you know, propel you forward. So, yeah, yeah, totally. You'll, you'll see why I'm a hypocrite. Um, (laughs) So it's, so it's in Isaiah uh, and it says, should I stand while we read the word of God? Um, Only if you're holding a Bible. Will everyone rise while we read uh, the, the word of the Lord? <laughs> okay, here we go. Okay. It says, I was God just has given me a well-taught tongue, so I know how to encourage tired people. He wakes me up in the morning, mm. wakes me up, opens my ears to listen as one ready to take orders. God opened my ears, and I didn't go back to sleep, and I didn't pull the covers back over my head. So... I I really liked that when I heard it, and I think it's because um, because I do struggle to get up so often, <laughs> and it's one of those things where it's like um, 
I I think that being able to encourage tired people, like that's I just really like the way that yeah. sounds. And I don't want to I don't want to ignore the call to to get up and to do that in my life. But um so you're taking that very literally, like getting out of bed, like physically getting exactly. out of bed. Like, yeah, which I mean, it might not even mean the same next month, but it actually right, is but... like, you know, just trying to shake that feeling of always tired. You know, that's, yeah, that's a new thing. You know, I'm new to adulthood. I don't oh, know what's going you on. You and me and both, it's... sister. Yeah. One of the milestones was definitely realizing that you never don't feel tired. That was... That was really exciting to discover. So yeah, that actually did. <laughs> that did hit me very literally. I was like, okay, I didn't go back to sleep and I didn't pull the covers back over my head. Yeah. I yeah, because it, it it met you where you were at I this moved. point in time. Exactly. And that's and one I, thing that I feel I've, like I've probably heard this before, and I just didn't even right. resonate with it, you know. And that's one thing about God that I've come to learn that I feel like we're we're told that we have to meet God where he is in a sense of like we have to do these certain things so that God will love us more or that he'll you know I don't know just because that's what we are grown up with you know the fact that we need to read our Bible and we need to evangelize to everyone we see and we need to pray before we eat and all that stuff but really what I've come to realize is that you know God meets us where we are and speaks to us through that and I don't think it's the opposite, you know, that we have to meet him. I definitely think that wherever we are yeah. is where God meets us because, I mean, yeah. I feel like he can't have the expectation that we can always meet him where he is. Because, I mean, wh whatever you believe God is, I mean, God in, like, a definition, which I know we talk about undefining God, but our human experience of what God is is you know, something that we can't meet. So I feel like it's hard to have the expectation that we need to meet God in a place where we can't get in order for him to, like, speak to us. Yeah. Does that, you know what I mean? So that's something yeah, I've been mean, thinking about, too. To okay. Yeah. It's, uh, God shouldn't feel that unattainable to anybody. Right. You know? Ooh, that's a good way to put it. I'm waving my pre chain Thank right you. now. Can you can you feel it? <laughs> Glory. Yeah, God should never feel unattainable. That's great. I love that. And I feel like yeah. he I feel like I hate like that I feel like I keep bashing Christianity and I don't mean to do that, but like my experience of growing up in it is just so much of who I am and who I am now that that's the only thing I have to relate it to. Um but yeah. growing up I definitely felt that God was very unattainable. And that every turn I did, every turn I took, I disappointed him. You know? And that's frustrating. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I almost just <laughs> okay dropped my I almost <laughs> dropped my mic on my computer. Oh, man. That would have been fun. That sounded like you avoided a car crash. <laughs> it did. It was very dramatic. Ooh. Yeah, it was. Sorry. The spirit of the Lord hit so, me. So, I, um, <laughs> I, I have one of, it's not a big pet peeve, but it's definitely a little bit lower on the list, is people taking 
Bible passages out of context. I really don't like yeah. that. Um, and this <laughs> right. one kind of is out of context, and that's why I do feel kind of like a hypocrite. Because, like, I mean, he's not talking directly to me. Like, that's up front. But the thing yeah. is, like, if you, like, read forward, if you read after that, it's like, <laughs> I followed orders, stood there, and took it while they beat me, held steady no. while they pulled out my beard, <gasps> didn't dodge their insults, faced them as they spit in my face, and God stays right there and helps me. I am not disgraced. Therefore... I set my face like Flint, confident that I'll never regret this. Like, and then it just keeps going, and it's like, and wow. thanks be to God. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's I, interesting. I mean, what? Here's the first yeah, thing I thought it's of. Like, oh, sorry. You, you, you thought of, you thought of Jeremiah, didn't you? Girl, no, that's not where I was going. But I do know what you're talking about. Okay, you know um, what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. Um, no, the first thing What'd I thought of, of where I feel like. On an individual level, I feel like it's okay to take those passages out of context because if you personally are encouraged by, you know, one part or one sentence of the Bible and it encourages wherever you are in life, I think that's great. But I think when we put that on others and we uh, take passages out of context and throw it on other people and that they need to hear what you are hearing about that sentence, that's when I think taking it out of context is wrong. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we're saying I'm to glad them, to be like your opinion about it, because I don't, I don't know how to feel about liking that verse. Like it makes me feel really weird. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, <laughs> if you said that to someone else and you said like, you need to get up early because this is what the Bible says to them, they'd be like, well, that just doesn't make sense to me. But to you, it really spoke to you and encouraged you to be better. But to someone else, it may be like, uh, that doesn't quite strike with me right yeah um and so i that... mean like like i was saying before you know i'm i'm an ever-changing being everybody's ever-changing and yeah. this might not actually this might not hold true you know in a year it might just be like but the good I thing is no yeah. problem with this and it doesn't it does not help to read it it just it exists for someone else now you know you're putting that idea back into the realm so that someone else exactly exactly can take it <laughs> Thank you, Someone Elizabeth Gilbert. Thanks be to God. Yeah, she's the bay. <laughs> she is bay. She is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it was. It's funny because like they, you know, they quoted that. I heard it in church first, and then I looked it up on my own. Mm-hmm. And of course, they didn't read. You know what comes after that? You know, well, that's not. <laughs> no, because, no, of course not. not. What they're gonna touch on. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was, it was hilarious and it was very conflicting. But <laughs> right, you know, I'm gonna put that out there. It's like I do feel slightly like a hypocrite. Uh, no, but you shouldn't bit. though. That's I hope I hope you feel better about it now. Like, you shouldn't feel hypocritical about it because you're not telling anyone to think the same as you. Right. Yeah, that's true. Be blessed, my brother. That's very true. Be blessed. <laughs> Uh, oh gosh, it sounds like you're roasting a preacher right now. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not what I was going for. I'm sorry, all the preachers out there that aren't I listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I don't really know if I have anything else. Do you? 
I guess I what I, I like about so. going back to Pete Holmes, what I like about what he does with his show is he kind of just lets it organically flow. And whenever he and the other person feels like they've come to a, a good place to stop, they stop. And I want us to do that as well. So, I mean, if you think that there's more we should talk about, let's do it. But if you feel good and you feel that we've kind of done what we should on this Super Bowl night, then we can. On this, this fine Super Bowl night? Yeah, I mean, I do feel, I feel good. I feel good about this. I feel pretty good, too. Um... I hope yeah. others feel good listening to it. Um, we didn't get any emails, guys. No one emailed us. I was I'm really surprising. hoping for an email. I can't believe it. Yeah, I won't lie. I did look. I was like, maybe we'll get an email. And now we have a Twitter. who did listen. Oh, oh yeah. damn it. I was going to go ahead. No, well, no, no, you girl, you do it. No, I, I was on a different topic, and you got your topic out before mine, so you should just go, and then I got something else to say. So go ahead, do it. Okay. Well, what I wanted to do is I want to tell you guys we do have our email that you can email us um, if you have comments yeah, yeah. or if you have questions. We would love to answer questions on this show. Come on now. Anyone? Anyone. And we are we are <laughs> under the, the um, philosophical category in iTunes still, so... We have to be philosophical <laughs> until it's changed. We We're have to trying. be philosophical. Um, so, yeah, it's helloandadu at gmail.com. H-E-L-L-O-A-N-D-A-D-I-E-U at gmail.com. And we also um, have a Twitter now so that you guys can tweet at us. Yay, party popper. I think we, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Um, I think we have two whole followers. So if you guys – guys – we need love. <laughs> Come on now. Um, so, yeah, go follow us. I think, what is our, is it hello and adieu? Is that our handle? It's hello and adieu. That's our handle. Yep. It's easy peasy, guys. So um, you can tweet us. You can tweet us questions, comments. Um, I think I would like to get to a place in this podcast where we can have a QA. and a I think that would be so Ooh, much fun. That would fun. be great. That um, would be really fun. But, yeah. Now, what were you going to say? Well, that's good you're saying that because, you know, that'll make people even want to give questions more. It's like, you know. I hope they, so. Oh, they wanna, even if it's... They really want to cover that in the podcast. And guys, if if we have one person ask us a question, we're probably going to answer it. So you can be that one person. 90% chance. But I mean, honestly, if we get any questions we at like this you. point. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> what were you going to say? That's a total lie. In reality... If we got a question, we would both be like, that would be the first thing we did in the episode. First of all, I would retweet it. <laughs> I would like it. I would yeah. retweet it. And then I would retweet it again. Anyways. The I would screen right. cap it and put it on my Instagram. Um, yeah. So what were you going to yeah, say? Yeah, I mean, also, like, follow our Twitter and um, we'll put things up there. Like, you'll be able to know when the next episode goes up. And, you know, oh, and you put on your karaoke on video. Oh, lives. Wait. Right, yeah. So if you listen to uh if you listen to the last episode, we talked about my karaoke adventure and uh, you know, seeing as this is an audio thing, we uh put the put the video of it up on our Twitter. So there'll be things Guys, like that. It, it's so good. You where, have to go see it. Oh, it is. It's something else. That's true. I'm burying my else. soul. I don't want it to be for nothing. Yeah. Not soul as in music. I, I don't have that soul. <laughs> you're close 
Um, uh, what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, uh, I just wanted to say to to everybody who listened to the first episode and gave us any feedback. I know you got feedback, and I got feedback. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so just yeah. It, you know, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like astronomical, but it was it was really great. It was really great to hear that people had listened to it and. Yeah, honestly, could not even like figure out how to say my name. You know, it's yeah. just the best news. Even the fact that like one person listened honestly made me feel good, and that they enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I I know that like a hundred people didn't listen to it. It was probably like five, but like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm really appreciative that people actually listened to the whole thing as well because it was long, and this one's e- yeah. almost equally as long. So I mean, we really do appreciate it, and we want you to be a part of it as well. Because, I mean, if you get anything from this podcast, it's that, you know, we definitely think that life is very individualistic and we want to hear your point of view um, because we want to talk about all the different points of view. So, you know, send us questions, send us comments. We love comments. I mean, someone put their name as Gary Busey and commented on the website. (laughs) I don't know who it was, but how great was that? It was the best because the email came through Uh. and it said Gary Busey commented on (laughs) hello and to do. And I was like, (laughs) my life is complete. (laughs) This is all I've wanted. He's my favorite. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I hope I hope you guys listen to this one as well. Um, but yeah, I guess we I probably should have said this at you. the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should have. But so, so then they don't have to listen to the whole thing to feel long... good about them. I know, right? It's like, oh wow, not a shout out for for listening. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, and we're on iTunes now, which is super awesome. Yeah, which is really exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of surreal, but um so yeah, I th- it's it's going. And this is only week 2. And so I have a lot of high hopes and um yeah. yeah. I don't have anything else, do you? I don't either. I say we sign off. Oh, let's sign off. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm going to go first this episode because okay. you went first in our illegitimate child and in our first episode. I'm so sorry. I'm going to say, <laughs> no, <laughs> don't be sorry. I'm just, it's just my turn as well. Okay. <clears throat> John Krabby, I bid you adieu. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that was so Renaissance. That's what I was going for. Oh my gosh. Well, you nailed it. I'm an actor. Um, but seriously, I bid you adieu, John. I I was trying to think of a voice that I could do, but I don't really I don't think I have one. Anyways, um Mathis, I uh <laughs> I bid you adieu as well <laughs> cuz I'll try to think of something fun for next time, but Yes, I I I bid you adieu. <laughs> And it, last time it got really awkward at the end, so we either need to end it quickly or. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely the end. Bye, everybody. Okay. Okay, bye.